everyone. I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. So I'm rewatching Modern Family and I was telling you how much I love Phil and you said that you had some a fact about who was almost cast as Phil and you were shocked. I want to know who it is. Matt LeBlanc. What? He turned it down. Wait a minute. They offered it to him? Mm-hmm. They thought Matt LeBlanc could be Phil? Which makes sense to me now why they were so against Ty Burrell. Because they clearly imagined a, a very totally different character. different character. I mean, so that means Ty Burrell probably like really shaped who Phil was in a major way. Yeah. I mean, they need to give him like writing credit, I feel. <laughs> that, that's insane. I wonder if he ever won an Emmy. The show won hundreds of thousands of Emmys, so I'm sure. Matt said something about how he was glad that he turned it down, though, because he could never have brought to it what Ty did. A hundred percent. I mean, he's fine, but he never would have been. It would have been a totally different character. Yeah. Yeah. He won twice. He was nominated okay. one, two, three, four, five. He six, won for seven, best supporting, right? Eight. Yes. He wow. was nominated eight. Eight, eight times and he won twice for season, I guess, in 2011 and in 2014. I don't know what seasons those were. Wait, what? It's like I didn't even see it. What? While investigating the probe, a wampa captures Luke Skywalker. That's the big Yeti looking thing that captures okay. Luke. He escapes using the force to retrieve his lightsaber and wound yeah, the beast. That's when he's, I don't hanging, remember he's hanging upside down. He, get, he, he uses the force to get his lightsaber. And then he frees himself with the lightsaber. Upside down. And then stumbles out into the snow. And that's when he sees uh, the image of Ben and, and then Han oh. comes and saves him. Oh, that's at the very, very, beginning. very, very that's beginning. That's when we yes. were talking about his accident. Yes, it was. Okay. Yes, okay. it was. That hanging upside down thing reminds me of that Spider-Man kiss. If only someone was there to kiss Luke instead of <laughs> trap him in an ice cave. Oh, right. Okay. So Obi-Wan tells him to go find Yoda to get yes. training. Yes. And then I remember now, and then he finds him, but for a while he doesn't realize it's him. Yes. (laughs) And then he goes through some training, but then he leaves before he's done. And both Yoda and Obi-Wan are like, don't do that. Yeah. And he's like, I'm doing it. (laughs) Yes. It's something to do with science fiction-y type movies that like I have to watch them a few times i just don't catch what i'm supposed to have to watch it again i guess so (laughs) vader summons several bounty hunters including boba fett to locate the falcon i need to see what boba looks like you'll know him when you see him you'll you remember this because you asked me about it when we were watching it 
What did I ask? You asked like what was happening. And I said, he's like, he basically was, <laughs> basically he hired a bunch of bounty hunters to go out and find Han Solo because Am I dumb? you're not dumb. You're not dumb. <laughs> like, I know I'm not, but man, <laughs> floating cloud city. I remember that. Yeah. I love that place. Although Obi-Wan believes Luke is their only hope. We're going to talk about asserts this. that there is another. We're going to talk, gonna about, talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Is that something I should understand or no? No. Well, okay. y- you only know it because, you know, the spoiler, but people didn't know what it meant. We'll talk about it. Vader overwhelms Luke, severing his right hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. He urges Luke to embrace the power of the dark side and help him destroy his master, the emperor, so they can rule the galaxy together. It is tempting. Luke <laughs> refuses, <laughs> citing Obi-Wan's claim that Vader killed his father. Oh, Luke. Prompting Vader to reveal that he is Luke's father. Wait, what? Yes. He I says, remember I that. am your father. And then he says, I mean, no, I know the line, but that's I don't impossible. Remember him he doesn't say, Luke, I am your father, but he says, I am your father. And then he goes, No, that's impossible. You've seen it. Oh my God. It's like all the most important parts. Oh my God. Why do I not remember him saying he was his father? I think you should pull it up real fast. Wait, I'm pausing it because in the first one, Darth Vader didn't know Luke was his son, right? Correct. The Emperor so when tells does he, him. When? In the beginning of this? It's in, it's in the middle. Remember, that's the scene where um, uh, he's talking to the Emperor on the hologram thing. And I told yeah. you to pay it. Yeah, we actually rewound because I told you to pay attention. I do remember talking. you telling me to pay attention. And, and I remember paying attention. And the Emperor tells him, the Emperor says to him, um, there we have a new enemy, Luke Skywalker. He says, I believe he is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. And that's when he tells him like he has to be destroyed. And Vader's like, he's just a boy. We don't have to destroy him. I'll convince him to join our side. Wait, but who's Anakin Skywalker? That's that's Darth Vader's real name. Okay. When the Emperor says that, why doesn't he just say he's your son? Because he, the audience doesn't, they don't want the audience to know yet. Oh, the audience. The, the audience doesn't know, know that Darth Vader is... is Anakin Skywalker, so they want okay. they want him to just think it's they're like, oh, Anakin Skywalker is a powerful Jedi, and this is his son. Right, but we don't know that that is Anakin Skywalker. Okay, so it's oh, the only reason it's confusing to me is because I knew this information going in. Yes. Okay, I'm playing it again. Let's just do the episode like this. You watch it and pause, and we'll talk about it as you watch it. <laughs> While I sit here in silence and answer Wait, questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, you ready for the Empire to Strike Back? A movie Catherine doesn't even remember watching. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember it. (laughs) Well, I do want to start by saying that 
um, we've did something for this episode that we've never done before, which we watched the movie together. Catherine, On group watch. Yeah, it was really fun. It was. Catherine and I watched The Empire Strikes Back on Disney Plus, like using their group watch feature, and we were on the phone. I'm glad that we did it. Me too. We were worried I about really it affecting it. the episode, but turns out <laughs> maybe it won't. We did a great job. I When I had specific questions as we were watching, I asked Alexa, but other than that, we haven't discussed it. Yeah. Except the one thing we did cover, which is something we talked about last time, is the, uh, Darth Vader's scariness. You, sa- yes. you said last time that he was not nearly as intimidating and scary as you thought he was. And I think you said that this time he was better. Yeah, he definitely was more intimidating and had more of a presence. We also talked about how we weren't sure they play his theme in this one. And we weren't sure if they played it in the first one. I guess I'm going to have to look it up because I don't know. I could swear that they did. Maybe they did. But when I heard it this time. It was a weird experience because it's very familiar to me just from living in the world, even never having seen Star Wars. I've heard his theme a thousand times. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I thought this feels like the first time I'm hearing it in one of the movies. I agree that it did feel like the first time. Maybe it was much more extended, but who knows? I'll have to look that up. All right. So why don't you start with something? What was something that stood out? My first note is Yoda is wild. (laughs) You had a very intense reaction to Yoda. I loved him. I think he's great, but I didn't know how wild he was. I thought he was like a little wise old cutie. And he is. And he is, but he was also a maniac. Hey, it's my dinner. How you get so big to do food of this kind? Listen, friend, we didn't mean to land in that puddle, and if we could get our ship out, we would, but we can't. So why don't you just get your ship out? Hey, get out of there. No! Hey, you could have broken this. Don't do that. (laughs) When he's trying to, when he's rummaging through Luke's things and and he's picking up lights and shining them and then he fights with R2-D2. R2 sticks out his little claw hand and starts to grab something away from Yoda. And he starts beating him with his walking stick. Truly crazy. My love affair with R2-D2 is alive and is well. still, yeah. <laughs> Going totally strong. obsessed with so him. He had a lot of screen time in this one. He, had, he yeah. was Luke's right-hand man in his story. And he did a lot of beep bop communicating. Yeah. And he was very helpful at the end. I love him. I wrote this down because I think maybe you said to me to make a note about it. Okay. I had I wanted to mention this about the first one and I forgot. Mm-hmm. And then as we were watching this one, I think we talked about it. Oh, okay. The transitions between the scenes. Oh my gosh. The wipes, the how it how it, it looks how like sometimes they PowerPoint. dissolve, sometimes yes. they swipe up or down or swoop in. Yep. Sometimes they close <laughs> in on each other on on the frame. It's like PowerPoint. Really incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. Are there were there other movies at this time that did that? Too? I don't know. 
I don't, not that I can at least recall. It's a very Star Warsy thing. The wipes and the dissolves. It was jazzed up. It's really something. Another thing I wrote down is that this one looks like it was filmed 10 years after the first one. It does. It does look like that. It's incredible how much more advanced and high quality it looks. Yeah. And when I say high quality, I don't mean that as an insult to the first one, but I was just so surprised it looked like one was filmed in the late 70s and the other one was filmed in like 1990. Well, it definitely has to do with money because um, the first one cost $11 million and the second one I think is like 23, but I'm looking it up. Wow. Just kidding. Thir- oh, $30.5 million. That would be oh, an explanation. So three times as three much. times as much money. I know a lot of that actually came from George Lucas. He financed a lot of it because you know him. He has to make it the way he wants it. Otherwise, it doesn't get made. <laughs> I wonder how much of it also had to do with how technology and computers changed mm. between those three years. Yeah. Or who knows whether it was actually three years. It could have been a little more even. Yeah, true. Because who knows when they filmed versus when it came out or whatever. Right, right. I don't actually know when they filmed the first one. I know it came out in 77, but I don't, and I don't know how soon after they started filming Empire. Oh, right. Because it technically could have been less than three years. Yeah, too. it technically they maybe could have. have started a year later. When was Mark Hamill's accident? Oh, good question. In 77, January of 77. Oh. Wait, and when did the first one come out? Oh my God, May. Wow, that's crazy. So was that's yeah. Wow. So he probably didn't even get to fully enjoy all the excitement and everything around it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says Empire Strikes Back was filmed from March to September of seventy nine. My next note was who's Darth Vader's master, which I guess we you still answered mis- for me. Yeah, still on. a mystery. But it, that is another. It's almost a twist that nobody really talks. It's not really a twist, but it's a reveal in this one that we in the first one it appears as though Vader is the head honcho of the of the yeah. bad guys, but. We learn pretty quickly in this one that he ha- he answers to somebody too. It's crazy how many Yoda lines I didn't know that I already knew. His, man, I got to tell you, he has the best lines. I wrote so, so many, many of them, them down. are such a deep part of popular culture, yeah. pop culture. I don't know why I said popular. <laughs> popular culture. You got to be fancy. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe many of them I knew came from him, but also mm-hmm. ones that I didn't know came from him. But really I knew. I think his most famous one is. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. That's the one that I mm-hmm. think is the most famous, but he has some really good ones. And to be honest with you, I really didn't appreciate the Yoda Luke stuff until I was older. Cause when I was a kid watching this for the first time, the Yoda Luke Dagobah stuff is boring. Cause there's really not that much happening. And all of the action is kind of focused on Leia Han and space and cloud city and all that until the end when Luke fights Darth Vader. But prior to that, it's kind of slow so when I was a kid and it's, and it's symbolic too, in a way that a kid might not correct. And it's a lot of information. You're learning a lot about the force and about 
being a Jedi and what all that means and how Yoda has come to be and who he's taught and how he is. And you learn so much more about the universe and it's all just dialogue. So when I was a kid, I found it boring, but it's one of my favorite things about Empire Strikes Back because it just opens it up. In the first one, it's just this kind of mystical thing that you're learning about a little bit with Luke and you get so uh, you get some information, but not that much. But in Empire, Yoda really explains what it means to be a Jedi, how they use it for defense, never for attack, how they have to be calm. But how am I to know the good side from the bad? You will know when you are calm, like this, passive. Mm. A Jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. But tell me why I can't- No, no, there is no why. Nothing more will I teach you today. Clear your mind of questions. But, but although, please, please. Um, <laughs> well, I think he's, I think he's playing around. He's trying to get a rise out of him. I, I think he's doing it on purpose to be like that because he also doesn't know he is Yoda too. So he's trying to act out to see what okay. Luke, how Luke interacts with him before he knows he's Yoda. Because if Luke had known he was Yoda when he first got there, he would have been like, oh my God, Yoda, Obi-Wan sent me here, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't want that. At first, he wanted to see how Luke was going to be as a regular guy. So that's why he doesn't tell him until he goes back to his little house. And then he reveals that he's Yoda. And then immediately Luke starts acting differently. He's like, I am ready. I, ben, I, I can be a Jedi. Ben, tell him I'm ready. Ready, are you? What knows you? Ready. But all that he's demonstrated to Yoda is that he's not ready to learn because of what he, how he sees the forest, how he sees, how he craves adventure. Like one of my favorite lines is when he says to him, A long time have I watched. All his life as he looked away to the future, to the horizon, never his mind on where he was. Hmm? What he was doing. Hmm. Adventure. Hey. Hey, excitement. Hey. hey, Jedi craves not these things. Mm. Like that is Luke. And that's what we loved about Luke in the first one. And Yoda is here telling us that that's actually not what a Jedi is supposed to be like. That a Jedi is supposed to be centered and calm and not frantically asking questions and trying to find answers, but present. Yeah. Allowing you yourself to feel everything around you he, when he talks about it later, when um, he's teaching him about using the force. And when he asks Luke to raise the, the X-Wing out of the swamp, Luke's comment is that he can't do it because it's too big. And the Yoda's like that. It doesn't actually matter. He says size doesn't matter. What you just have to be present and use the force and and be aware of the objects around you, and then Yoda does it. And another one of my favorite Yoda lines is when he takes the X-wing out of the swamp. Luke says, "I don't, I don't believe it." That is why you fail. The one line from this entire thing that I wrote in my notes was, "I don't believe it." That is why you fail. I. Love it. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe you wrote that down. <laughs> it's my favorite. He's so cute. You actually made comments about, about Luke's behavior, though, on Dagobah. You, when we were watching it, 
he he was so easily discouraged and I can't remember what you said, but you were basically talking about how he was so easily put down. He basically felt like he couldn't do it and would give up a lot. It's an immaturity. Yeah, he is immature. He is still a kid. I think you see that when you, when he's being trained. And even when he's trying to convince Yoda that I, he can be trained, he's he sounds like a kid. He's like, I could do it. He's like, I'm ready. Like he doesn't seem it though. I, I don't know if I'm looking into this too much, but the way I think of it is when he, when he says and believes that he's ready to be trained, Mm -hmm. what he means is I'm ready to learn these different skills. Yeah. I'm ready to learn how to do these things. But when Yoda's thinking about whether he's ready to be trained, that's not really what he's thinking of. Totally. He's thinking about whether he's mentally and emotionally prepared to actually learn the character traits and the qualities that you need to be to become a real Jedi. And also whether he's coachable. Yes. And he's not quite there yet. He's not. And I think it really shows the difference even between the how an audience would perceive the Force first versus second one, because Luke really sees it as this powerful, he sees Obi-Wan and how he is with Darth, how he fought Darth Vader, and he sees the power and the, the coolness of the Force. He's excited about it, thinks it's really cool, wants to be able to do it, wants to be able to move things with his mind and use a lightsaber. And that's kind of what everybody thinks the force is until Yoda explains to him that no that's not like really what I'm talking about he's like I know you can probably swing a lightsaber around but I need you to understand that it's way more than that and he teaches him about the dark side and how easy it is to be because what the dark he explains that what the dark side is is a lack of understanding of that second part Mm -hmm. dark side is using the lightsaber it's really cool I can move stuff I can choke people essentially giving you all those skills without giving you the other piece exactly temptation leads to the dark side is what he tells him giving in to how powerful you can be is what makes you a bad guy i've always known before ever seeing it that a lot about star wars is a philosophy that people might want to almost live their lives by Mm -hmm. the lessons that you actually learn from it yeah it's cool to be able to start recognizing what that really is and how it's taught to you through these movies. Because essentially they are, everyone always hates this, loves this. They use this, it comes up a lot in, in Star Wars like culture is that they are essentially kids movies. You'll see that in the third one. They're supposed to be geared towards a family. You're not, they're not adult movies. They're, they're meant to teach lessons in a way. I mean, I, that, that's not what George Lucas maybe was intending when he wrote them, but they are marketed towards children and children have watched them for decades. They can be boiled down into lessons that you do end up learning. And that a lot of adults, frankly, haven't learned yet. Honestly, a lot of people, if they were to be categorized right now, based on their mental state would be dark side all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Frantic, angry, giving into every whim they want, you know, not having wielding their power in ways that hurt others and themselves. Yep. When Luke is getting ready to leave because he thinks that Han and Leia are in trouble, when he's pulling away, Obi-Wan and Yoda are talking. And Obi-Wan says, That boy is our last hope. No, there is another. Now, this is like a little Easter egg. Because to the audience that watched it probably were like, wait a minute, what? What do they mean? What another? You know who the other one is. Who's the other hope? Oh, 
It's Leia. Yeah, it's Leia. Um, our listeners are listening to me realize this <laughs> in the true moment. I just saw it happen on your face. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a tiny bit of this at the end when Luke is dangling from the part you wish you could erase from your memory. Leia hears Luke call to him via the Force. Hear me. Leia. know where Luke is. What about those fighters? Should we just do it? That is so cool. (laughs) They're laying the groundwork for you to find that out in the next one. So if I hadn't known the spoiler that they're siblings, Mm -hmm. what would I have thought? What did the audience thought the first time they saw it? I'm not sure. What did they thought? Oh my God. Do something. Please. (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know what they thought i mean i guess someone could i mean i'm sure there were it would be interesting to know what it would be like if this movie was released during the time of social media when everybody could talk about it together oh yeah because that wasn't around so i wonder what i'm sure there were dozens of think pieces and articles and thoughts about what it could be but I'm sure a bunch of people guess Leia, especially because of the end. But then again, who knows? Maybe there was somebody, a new character we weren't going to, we hadn't met yet that that was going to come into the story. If it were me, I probably would have thought, oh, Luke must have a long lost sibling. And not that I wouldn't have thought it was Leia, but yeah, (laughs) it's, it's going to be cool when you see it in the next one. Do you have anything else in the Yoda, Luke, Dagobah side before we get? I actually don't have any more notes at all, but I do have- yeah okay because i because we accidentally sort of talked through that whole story so we might as well finish if there's anything else before we go to the other because the movie kind of is split down the middle besides the beginning and the end i mean luke is on his own and leia and han are on their own so the story is really split we also have to talk about the beginning which we didn't the cave thing the whole begin i mean the this is one of the best openings to a star wars is when they're on hoth the ice planet and just their outfits and please (laughs) please these are these the hoth outfits are my favorite i get it now why people want to dress up and like cosplay star wars i do because who doesn't want to be leia in that badass white vest i just her hoth outfit is my favorite maybe a hot take because a lot of people have a different favorite leia outfit but i think hoth is my favorite um, I can assume what people's favorite one is. And <laughs> while know, it is all very men. cool, <laughs> I think that the snowy one is cooler. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's all men. It's all Ross the gold bikini. <laughs> all right. I don't think I have anything else in Dagobah and. Oh, wait, there's a key scene we didn't talk about. When Luke goes into the cave, they're training and Luke says that he senses something. That place is strong. The dark side of the force. A domain of evil it is. And you must go. What's in there? Only what you take with you. He tells Luke not to take any weapons, that he won't need them. And he does anyway. And then he sees a vision of Darth Vader. He fights him and he beheads him. And then behind the mask, it, it's it's Luke. 
first of all, he Yoda tells him later that he failed. He was not supposed to bring weapons in. He's, it's supposed to be a mental test, but Luke, of course, still doesn't get that, which is a failure in itself. But then it's like the first hint that maybe Luke could turn because he sees himself as Vader. And it also could be an Easter egg that, that Vader is his father. But he's seeing that he has the potential to be him. Which is another reason that that Yoda and Obi-Wan don't want him to leave. Because when he's getting the X-Wing ready to leave to save Leia and Han, Yoda says to him, You must not go. But Han and Leia will die if I don't. You don't know that. Even Yoda cannot see their fate. But I can help them. I feel the force. But you cannot control it. This is a dangerous time for you. When you will be tempted by the dark side of the Force. Yes, yes. To Obi-Wan, you listen. The cave. Remember your failure at the cave. But I've learned so much since then. Master Yoda, I promised to return and finish what I've begun. You have my word. It is you and your abilities the Emperor wants. That is why your friends are made to suffer. That's why I have to go. Luke, I don't want to lose you to the Emperor the way I lost Vader. You won't. Because he's telling he's trying to convince him that he's not ready. He's susceptible now to be turned because he hasn't fully grasped what it means to be a Jedi, and he's gonna go face Vader. Maybe you don't want to answer this, but in which movie does Luke finally gain the wisdom and like become who he's meant to be? Um, I'll answer the next one. Okay. You'll cool. see. I can't wait for you to see Luke in the next one because Mark Hamill, people have problems with Mark Hamill's performance as Luke. I don't know. People don't think he's the best actor. I disagree. I, I could I could see that. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, the scene I was just making fun of. Yeah. He- I mean, he's not. there. He has some shortfalls. But one thing that I definitely will get into when we watch Return of the Jedi is you. he seems like a different person. He dresses different. He acts different. He's different. Because he has. Yeah, he has. Mu- I mean, he still has a lot more to learn, but you can tell he's learned a lot in between. That's cool. Yeah. I have to say that I am enjoying Star Wars much more than I expected to. Really? Do you think you can talk more about that? What were you expecting versus what is it act turning out to be? I don't know if I can articulate what I was expecting, but I did think that it was going to be a little boring in the way that I find action sequences boring. It's more dimensional than I thought it was going to be. It's much, much funnier than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. I didn't know it was funny at all. And I also wasn't prepared to fall in love with so many of the characters so quickly. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I actually really like all of them very, very much. I, I feel attached to them. And I definitely didn't expect that. I love that. But so the ones that have Natalie Portman in them, yeah. they don't have C-3PO and R2-D2 then, right? Or do they? Maybe C-3PO and R2-D2 are some of the only people you will see in the prequels. Whoa. Wait, but who are they playing? They're not playing like younger versions or anything. They're playing totally other characters, Natalie and Hayden. They're, I'm not going to tell you much more, but they're playing... The people you're watching in the prequels are a lot of characters you know in these 
but younger versions of them of them but not the main characters not the main characters luke leia and han are not in the prequels okay so hayden must be like a young darth vader or something Ooh, maybe he is (laughs) i'll look it up no i won't i won't do that but i want to (laughs) did we say that next year we're gonna do the next ones yeah i can't remember what we decided that each year we'll do a each may we'll do the next trilogy okay okay so next year we'll be watching the natalie portman ones did you know she started a soccer team in la what no like apparently la didn't have a professional soccer team with yeah she co-founded a soccer team i didn't know that I don't know when it, it must've been years ago already. He's a jack of all trades. He's very cool. I mean, neuroscientist, actress, beautiful woman. Wait, she's a neuroscientist? Yes. She went to Harvard for neuroscience. No. Yes. I knew she went to Harvard. I didn't know that's what it was for. Let me double check now that I just said that on the podcast. If it's not that, it's something adjacent to Harvard. What did you I do? do know that she speaks As like a... four languages or something. I didn't know that. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Five languages. Oh, wait. It might have been psychology. But wait, why did I think it was? You're thinking of the of uh, Mayim Bialik. Oh, no. no. Neurobiology. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> An advanced Hebrew literature. Wild. So apparently she speaks English, Spanish, French, Japanese, and Hebrew. Wow. Japanese. That is because none of those languages she she picked literally four languages that have totally different bases, even like like Japanese is not they, a romantic. Yeah, like language. Hebrew and Japanese don't even use the same alphabet as the others. That is crazy. Right? There's something about people who can learn a second language that they just can learn more. It's like you have that gene or you don't. It must be something genetic because there are people who are just so gifted at it. I I think I might've mentioned this once. I had a friend in high school who she took French, just like the rest of us took a language in high school. She was basically like fluent in French by the end of four years of high school French. She took the AP French test and got like a four fluent speakers like, get know a what five. that means well but, oh, oh you, okay did you take you didn't i oh sorry <laughs> i mean i'm being pretentious but <laughs> <laughs> you didn't take any <laughs> I, no. I, I, we had to we were forced into taking so many advanced placement classes and they were no. scored on a, a number scale from one to five i was in one ap class in high school okay it was my freshman year okay it was ap social studies oh me too like and i didn't take the ap and we had to maintain, I want to say like maybe an 85 to stay in it or something. And mm. I had like an 83, mm. something like that. Wow. But we got, as far as I remember, we got a normal grade. We didn't have like one, two. Well, this is just the test. So I had a normal grade oh, in the class. But, and then so didn't took, I take a test? I must have. Right? I think you could have opted out and not taken it. I think I it was remember. to count as college credit was the point. It's supposed to be a <laughs> yeah. college level. Class. I definitely wasn't doing that kind of stuff. I was doing everything I could to avoid any type of schoolwork at all. The foreign language ones apparently are near impossible. And she got it almost the highest you can get, which fluent speakers can get that. Meanwhile, I left. So I took Spanish in high school. And then when I got to college, I thought like, you know what? I'm going to learn French. Which like, let me tell you, if you're in high school right now, don't change 
your language <laughs> when you get to college. It's a mistake. <laughs> I took French one, whatever year it was, and it was hard, but I made it through. French is fucking hard, by the way. It's way harder than Spanish. <laughs> um, and then I left French two for my senior year of college. And I almost didn't graduate because I almost failed French too. Oh my God. Honestly. And I tried. It's not like I was dicking around. When I got to college, I actually cared and tried and did well other than French. French. Ready for my foreign language mistakes? So I took Spanish in school from first grade (laughs) to, to, to 12th grade. So 12 literal years, still don't know any Spanish, by the way. But when I got to college, I was like, you know what? F Spanish. I'm not going to take any. It was because my school made me take four years of foreign language. I had take language every semester of my college career. And um, that's what happens when you go to a real college and I go to FIT. <laughs> and um I, I shouldn't say that. It's not like no, it's, FIT is an incredible institution and that's very, yeah, real but schooling. we're not learning like, yeah, I know, you know, my school was also very geared towards a core curriculum. I had to take a lot of classes that had nothing to do with what I was actually studying because what I was studying was movies and they were like, you have to take a lot more than just movie classes. But anyway, freshman year, I decided I'm taking Latin. You <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> I nearly honestly I don't feel bad for I nearly failed I had to take private tutoring lessons with my professor in order to pass and I immediately transferred out of Latin into semester two of back to my Spanish career where I learned no more Spanish than I know now so at this point you've officially taken 15 years worth of Spanish and don't know any Spanish (laughs) <laughs> but you understand it, right? Yeah, I understand a lot of it, but I can't sp- I can't string any kind of sentence together. It's really unfortunate. I don't know what that is. It truly is. I just didn't have it. Even when I tried really hard, I cuz at by year 4 of taking Spanish and not knowing any, so I had given up. I was really just passing the classes, but in the beginning, especially in high school, I was really trying. I was really trying to learn it. And I just, it's such a good endorsement of, for immersive learning because my dad never studied Italian Yeah, and he speaks Italian only from being around obviously his parents, but, and his grandparents, he never studied it. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed too, because I remember I had a high school Spanish teacher who told me she was taught Spanish and French. And she said that she studied Spanish for like 10 years and she didn't feel like she knew it enough. And then she went to Spain for like six months, came back. She's full, basically a fluent French Spanish. So what you're saying is we need to spend the summer recording the podcast in Europe. Yes. Learning all the languages and coming back bilingual. That's how Bradley Cooper learned French. Really? It's the only way to do it, apparently, because 15 years of schooling did nothing for me. Oh, gosh. All right. Let's segue back into Empire. Can we talk about the Cloud City or were we talking about something else? We were not talking about something else, but and we definitely can talk about the Cloud City because we haven't talked about Leia and Han at all. So we can. Oh, let's do that first because we were near that. Yeah. So we were we were basically talking about the beginning, the fashion, how amazing Hoth is. So, I mean, I think the opening couple of scenes of Empire are some of my favorite. Just the excitement of Luke getting captured, Han having to go out and save him, them coming back, him, you know, and then the battle that they have with the 
elephant looking imperial walkers is really cool. And I like it. It is cool. <laughs> Luke is inventive and comes up with the idea to wrap the cables around the legs of the imperial walkers to bring them down so that he can actually destroy them. And then the best part, in my opinion, the Leia Han amazing sexual tension scenes. <laughs> when he's chasing her around the ice walls of their base please <laughs> please okay it's my favorite thing in the world yes your Highnesses. i thought you had decided to stay well the bounty hunter we ran into when lord mendel changed my mind han we need you we need yes well what about you need i need i don't know what you're talking about probably do but then Han and Leia are nonstop running. They basically leave Hoth and are supposed to be meeting up with the rest of the rebels. And they never do that. <laughs> they, yeah. They're running the entire time. They're being chased by the Empire and they can't escape them. They go through an asteroid field uh, in order to lose a bunch of them. And they do for a while. They land in the wor- the mouth of that worm. And, that I somehow have And you don't remember. <laughs> but um, I hope you remember the some of the scenes on the Millennium Falcon where 3PO is being a, a full-blown maniac. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> He is wailing, he's complaining, he's screaming. Sir, sir, my Turn him up or shut him down. You're in trouble. If I may say so, sir, I noticed earlier the hyperdrive motivator has been damaged. It's impossible to go to light. Uh, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I love when Han tells Chewie he he's nonstop jabbering as Han's trying to concentrate on what he's doing. And sir, it's quite possible this asteroid is not entirely stable. Not entirely stable. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Chewie, take the professor in the back and plug him into the hyperdrive. <clears throat> he seems like too funny for George Lucas to have written him. I know. Not this time that me and you watched it, but the time before was a line that I'd never caught. When Han and Leia are in the cockpit of the Falcon and they're first discovering that they're inside the mouth of an animal, they get like rocked and she falls back into him and he's like uh, like holding her for a second. Let go. Shh. Let go, please. Don't get excited. Captain, being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited. Sorry, sweetheart. I not got time for anything else. I think we did talk about that. <gasps> excuse because me? Because I caught it and said, like, excuse me? Excuse me? That was very dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that as a kid. That went right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably why... I caught it right away and you didn't get it until I've seen one it of the most recent kid. ones. Cause you, uh, yeah. right. <laughs> so it's like the lines don't stick yeah, out as much. Exactly. To you. 
I was very into when they kissed, though, even as a child. <laughs> was that your sexual awakening? Definitely. Han Solo? Are you kidding me? I was in love yeah. with Han Solo. I can't blame you. He's a charming scoundrel. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I feel like this explains a lot. Actually, yes, it does explain a lot. Why you hate nice guys. Yes. He even says that. Oh my God, I'm having like an epiphany right now. (laughs) Because when they're, before they kiss, he has her hands and she says that. Come on, admit it. Sometimes you think I'm all right. Occasionally, maybe, when you aren't acting like a scoundrel. Scoundrel? Scoundrel? I like the sound of that. Stop that. Stop what? Stop that. My hands are dirty. My hands are dirty, too. What are you afraid of? Afraid? You're trembling. I'm not trembling. You like me because I'm a scoundrel. There aren't enough scoundrels in your life. I happen to like nice men. Nice men. Very nice. <laughs> and then they kiss. Wow. This, this is it. This is it. This is the moment. I, we need to get you some therapy. Just a couple sessions, just a little sesh. Just straighten me out. How are we going to undo all that? (laughs) That's a lot to unpack. This is way off topic, but do you think the reason why you don't like Aiden is because you think he's a nice guy rather than a kind guy? I don't know because I still stand by that. I don't like Aiden because of Aiden, not because of this characteristics that we're boiling him down to. I just don't like the way he behaves in the situations with Carrie. It's I don't see him as such a microcosm for everything, but I just don't like the way he acts and how he is. Do you think Aiden is kind? Yes. Do you think he's nice? Yes. So then what's the problem? The problem is, is that I don't think. Do you think he loves Carrie? Yes. But. Do you think he treats her badly? No, he does not treat her badly. But some of the, I think sometimes he expects too much from her. He, he is on this effort to change her that I don't appreciate. I think that he has a lack of understanding of who she really is. And instead of trying to accept her, he tries to change her. Okay. I think that's actually a very fair and valid point. Oh, cool. (laughs) But where I run into a problem is the fact then that you like Vic. Because while well, Big didn't I mean, try to change her, he was a flaming. I don't know if I can stand by that anymore. I mean, too uh, putting much Chris Noth being a scumbag aside, Big was an asshole to Carrie. He treated her like shit. Yes. Isn't that worse than Aiden just wanting to basically like convince her to marry him? <laughs> yes, it is worse. I just don't see that Carrie would ever end up with a person like Aiden. Maybe like I think there's almost too much. But that's different than not liking him, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Because I don't think Carrie would have ended up with him either, even though I wish she would have. I actually think, well, maybe this is a a distinction because I like Big with Carrie. When he's not treating her like a worthless nothing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And also, I just like the, the dynamic, not because I think it's something to aspire to. I just think it's I enjoy that part of the show better. I've been where Carrie's been. And, you know, so I, I like seeing it. It's interesting to me because I can empathize with it way more than when I see her with Aiden. 
I haven't been there. So to me, I think the I think the Carrie Big stuff is unfortunately more relatable to me. Yeah. And I think by the end, I mean, I don't know if we can make this argument, but Big, I think, does grow a little. Yeah. Enough to be a person that I think is well suited for who Carrie is. I don't like love season two big when he's acting like an asshole. I agree with what you're saying. I do think he grows and becomes more well suited Mm -hmm. to her. But for me, there's still always a piece in the back of my mind that's like, but who is he really? And when is this going to be pulled out from under her? Mm -hmm. Whereas with Aiden, I never worry about that. Yeah, maybe he does want to push her in directions where she's not inclined to go. Mm-hmm. If I were Carrie and I maybe wasn't as into the idea of marriage or felt like it wasn't right at that time with Aiden and he was trying to convince me to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. It's not like he's trying to convince her to, I don't know, yeah. whatever else. Here's my thing. I actually like Aiden pre the big cheating thing. Because I think post that, Aiden never got over it and pretended mm-hmm. to be over it. And that's really what I don't like. Because it was so obvious that he was not over the trauma of being cheated on by someone as important as Big to carry. And so it it annoyed me that he was trying to to almost be the nice guy while not that this doesn't make him nice, but that he was, he had a flaw he was walking around with and pretended that it wasn't there. He was mistrusting of her and, and his wanting to get married to her, at least in that moment was because he wanted assurance that she wouldn't leave him. And I think that his like lack of confronting that is annoying to me. I need some time to think about that. Okay. This is a good convo. I'm glad we got this on the, on the record here. (laughs) (laughs) Because that one episode where she, where it ends with her saying, you have to forgive me. You have to forgive me. Yes. Yeah. He's a total asshole to her that whole time. When she, when he goes to the bar and is like flirting with the girl. Yes. Yeah. And then she's, she's like, I diapered your dog. Remember she goes to drop Pete off and he's having coffee with that girl and everything. He's being an asshole there. He's acting out. Do I think he was going to cheat on Carrie? No, but that doesn't make what he was doing okay. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. But once they have that conversation and she says, you have to forgive me, I I do think he forgives her in his conscious mind. He believes he has forgiven her. Mm-hmm. And the rest of their relationship, I do think that he believes that. Okay. And when he proposes to her, Yes, of course, he genuinely wants to marry her and spend the rest of his life together. But a piece of that also is that he wants to like lock her down because he's afraid. Right. But I don't know that he necessarily realized that himself until it pretty much came out of his mouth. To me, as um, a watcher, it's just so apparent that I wasn't really thinking about what the character might have been thinking that like to me it the it's so apparent that Aiden wants a large part of him wants to marry Carrie just so that he can say he has her 
I hadn't thought about that. He doesn't think that that's at the forefront. It seems like so at the forefront because of all the stuff they just went through and with the initial acting out and the forgiving and all that, it just seemed like, how could it not be on his mind? Especially when he says it to her at the fountain and is like, because I can't remember exactly what he says, but basically so that cause you're mine or whatever he says, I can't remember to me. It's surprising that he wouldn't have thought about it already. When he proposes to her, in the street, mm-hmm. the first time you watched the show, mm-hmm. did you think to yourself immediately, like, this is because of the big thing? I can't remember. But as you've watched it subsequent times, that's how you're feeling and thinking throughout that whole yeah. portion of time. Basically, the whole that- time they get back to, since they get back together after, I don't think he ever forgives her. And it just is glaring to me. Okay. And, and I saw it so much differently that that actually that makes sense why we have such different opinions on him. I, again, I got to say for those listening, I know I'm in the minority. Everybody loves Aiden. I No, never... no. There are plenty of people who don't like Aiden. Really? There are plenty of people. Yeah. I've never heard anybody else say they don't like Aiden. Except for that article that I sent you one time that was like reasons why Aiden Shaw's the worst. And I read it and I was like, <laughs> I, like I agree with like every single nine one out of 10. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you think when he proposes to her that he's maybe thinking like, I think for him, it, it's if I ask her this and she says, yes, he will feel better. And I think that it's something he's kind of been like wanting away t- for some assurance from her that she's like in it as much as he wow. is. And that it's probably <laughs> it's probably why then- why are you laughing <laughs> because of your reaction was just funny <laughs> i just i just it never even occurred to me that that's what was going on and i don't know if it's you could very well be right maybe i'm and reading maybe too I much into never it maybe it's it. i mean maybe they weren't writing to that at all maybe they're maybe I, i'm reading way too much i wish we could ask i wish there was someone to tell us i know Because I just always saw it that way. What I've heard from people who don't like Aiden, some of it is about the fact that, like, they use the example of when she wants to go out to that's an episode that's in between. Stays home eating fried chicken, sort of like to show that they're incompatible. But I, I don't necessarily agree. I think you can have, as long as you're both comfortable and secure, which Mm. now, according to this conversation, maybe wasn't even true, but. As long as you're comfortable and secure, I don't think it's necessarily a problem that one of you likes to go out more than the other. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. And when Carrie says to him, when he's sitting on the chair and she sits down and says, when I get home, I need an hour of time Mm -hmm. to myself and that whole thing. He immediately gives that to her. I don't know. I just... I also think that Carrie maybe wants to be a person that is with someone like Aiden and she just isn't. Yes, yes. And so that's not distressing, but I just don't find it enjoyable to watch that because I could see her trying to want to be that person. And she, I just know she isn't. Well, she also changes herself for big and backflips and tumbled and like a thousand times. Right. But but because the drama is more heightened, somehow people think what, I don't know. Yeah. It's calm with Carrie and Aiden. Yeah. It's unpredictable and dramatic and up in flames with big. Yeah. I also just think that that's good television. A lot of the, a lot of, a lot of, (laughs) yeah, but we're not, uh, we're not looking at this through the lens of what's better. But that's why I like Carrie and big. I like the story. What? 
I like I'm talking about who is if Carrie's a real person, if these are real people, who is a better choice for her? (laughs) I still think that Big is the kind of person that that would be with Carrie and Aiden isn't. I almost think maybe there's a universe in which I think Aiden is actually too good for Carrie. Well, I would agree with that. And I also think that regardless of his motivations, if you are correct in Mm -hmm. his motivation for proposing or not, the fact that she accepts the proposal and then puts the ring on a chain, she's equally as guilty, if not more so than him. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh, I agree. Totally. But everyone's flawed, right? Yeah. So it really comes down to, I guess, what Aiden's intentions were and whether he was aware of them. I think that you might be right, though, that he wasn't. It just seemed so glaring to me that I couldn't imagine that he wasn't, but maybe he wasn't aware of it until she was so against the idea. I could probably just, I mean, because I I can't imagine what it's like to propose to somebody and then, and want to marry them for whatever reason, and then have her be so against it like she is. That's got to be hard. And when she just, it's hard to not take that personally. And think, what what is it that she doesn't want to be with me? Is this happening all over again that she doesn't want to be with is me? Is she going to slip through my yeah, fingers? Again. So back to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> what a detour. All right. Okay. So you wanted to talk about Cloud City. We're pretty much there. So when Han and Leia escape the clutches of the Empire again, they, they still can't jump into light speed. So they're limited of where they're allowed to go. And Han realizes that they're close to a guy he used to know, Lando Calrissian. And so they go to Cloud City. I somehow had never seen even a single image of this place before. Thank God, because... And when it came up on the screen, I could have flown to the moon. (laughs) To Cloud City. (laughs) (laughs) It is the vibe of all vibes i love that it's always like dusk outside every every shot is purpley yes it's so beautiful and hazy and sexy it really is and then even inside when they're everything is glass and beautiful and cylindrical it's so cool it's so now yeah so what do you think of lando new character we're meeting um i think he's great i was mad when i realized that he sort of set them up. Were you surprised? I was surprised and I was mad actually that he's, I think the first black character we've seen and that they made him into someone who is dishonest. I I They redeem Lando. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that once we understand why he did what what he did, I was glad because I didn't want him to be painted in a bad light. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's cool. Cause they did, cause he did believe that they weren't going to be harmed. I mean, I don't know what he, he, I don't know what he thought was going to end up happening. He, but he also didn't, he was trying to look out for his city too. It's understandable, but you know, yeah. for a minute there, we're pretty mad at Lando. Is he going to be in more of them? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. He'll be in the next one and then we'll see what other ones he's in. Oh, <laughs> um, we'll see a young version of him then at some point. Maybe. Or an old version. Oh, wait. So who does Adam Driver play? Oh, I can't tell you. You have to wait. Is he like Han's son or something? You'll have to wait. I'm not telling you nothing about the new ones. <laughs> it's going to be two years before I watch those. But You'll tell me. I'll I'll break you down. No, I don't think so. Okay, so Cloud City. Okay, Cloud what City. Else? Um, Lando betrays them. Darth Vader. 
bum, bum, ba, da, he comes with <laughs> with um with Who Boba Fett. You? With Boba Fett. Who I really can't remember, but okay. Google a picture of him. No, I did. I still don't know. And you what? I don't know. <laughs> he I has such remember. an iconic armor. But yeah, so Boba Fett is taking Han to Java. That was the deal. So he struck a deal with Darth Vader. You use him to capture Luke, and I'll take him to get my money from Jabba. And they freeze poor Han Solo in Carbonite. Another iconic moment. That uh, dark chamber they're in with all the metal everywhere and the orange lighting. And they have their emotional goodbye. He tells Chewie that he has to watch out for the princess. And I want to cry every time. Hey! Hey! Listen to me! Chewie! Chewie, this won't help me! Hey! Save your strength. There'll be another time. The princess, you have to take care of her. You hear me? Huh? And then Leia, as he's getting frozen in carbonite, says, I love you. I know. Well, this was Harrison Ford's idea. Because George Lucas had him. Of course it was. George Lucas had him scripted to say, I love you too. And in fact, in a typical George Lucas style, was resistant to changing the line to I know. And then I think it's perfect. And then they showed it to test. I think George Lucas, his most misunderstood character might be Han Solo. He like doesn't know who Han Solo is. It's so weird. Because of what I told you last time with the the shooting first. Well, that's because Han Solo has leading man energy and George Lucas does not. Yeah. George Lucas is a total Luke. <laughs> He's like, yeah. and, and so he does not relate to Han in any way. He, he's completely lacking anything cool about him to know what Han Solo was. And then they showed it to test audiences and people obviously lost their minds. And George Lucas was like, fine, I guess we'll keep the line. <laughs> and that's become one of the most iconic things ever. <laughs> Um, but then Luke shows up, he's with R2, and he does pass them in the hall briefly, and Leia screams. Luke! Luke, don't in the trap! In the trap! The way she screams it, it is, like, echoed in my mind since I was a kid. She's screaming it so desperately to him. She knows She's already so heartbroken over what happened with Han that if she loses Luke, too, she's, like... And then Luke and... Darth Vader have their first lightsaber battle. Which I have to say was very cool. Right? Yeah. Much cooler than the the ultra choreographed (laughs) two-step that uh, Obi-Wan and and Darth Vader had. (laughs) It was a (laughs) two-step. Yeah, it was much cooler. They really upped the ante with this one. Starts in that dark chamber. Darth Vader thinks it's going to be... He underestimates Luke a little because Luke gets the upper hand on him a couple times. He first thinks he's going to be super easy to get him into the Carbonite and just freeze him and take him to the Emperor, which is what he wants to do. But Luke escapes from that. And I think he sprays some fog into his face at one point and gets he gets the upper hand a couple times. I think Darth Vader underestimated Luke's abilities. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. All too easy. Perhaps you 
Perhaps you are not as strong as the Emperor thought. Impressive. Most impressive. Obi-Wan has taught you well. You have controlled your fear. Now, release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. And then, the big reveal. Well, first he, made, he makes his pitch. Luke, you do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side. Which, like you said, pretty tempting. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) And then after the big reveal, when he says... Luke, you can destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen this. It is your destiny. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. You know, that sounds pretty cool. There is a universe in which a heartwarming story could arise from Star Wars in which a father and son kill everyone and rule the galaxy together. It's like a nice little family-owned business. Luke, of course, says, I'll never join you! And then he says that he's his father. And he's like, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. No. No. That's not true. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. No! No! And, you know, the rest is history. But, fact about this. Do you think he practiced his scream frown in the mirror? That's a big moment. That's that's Luke's big emotional resonant moment. I'll tell you, he goes for it. He does. (laughs) But little fact about this nobody knew that vader was luke's father up until the premiere except lucas kirshner who directed it and hamill everybody else on went on set when they filmed well, it and 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 the and um james Earl jones who filmed the yeah. line but on set the stand-in for darth vader ha- said no obi-wan killed your father so everybody on set thought the big reveal the big twist was not that vader is luke's father but that obi-wan killed her father that is so cool (laughs) i'm becoming a nerd right before our very eyes oh my god maybe this is who i always was Maybe this will just unlock a whole thing for you. (laughs) (laughs) You'll become a franchise nut like me. (laughs) Um, That is extremely cool. Isn't it? And at the premiere, actually, Mark Hamill tells this story on Graham Norton's show, and it's very funny. I'll probably put a clip of him telling the story. Uh, The director, Irvin Kershner, took me aside. He came to my dressing room, actually, and he said, "Uh, I'm going to tell you something. I know it. 
George Lucas knows it. And when I tell you, you'll know it. But if it leaks, we'll know it was you. <laughs> so I said, what, what? And he handed me the piece of paper that said, I am your father. I was shocked. I said, is, is that, is that true? He said, well, you search your feelings and we're going to play it like that. So, oh my gosh, Dad Vader. Um, And then I was paranoid because I thought, you know, uh, it was way before social media and all of that. But I had to keep the secret for about a year and a half. I didn't tell Carrie. I didn't tell, well, you know, telephone, telegraph, (laughs) tele-Carrie. She had no vault whatsoever. In fact, Harris and I would test her. If you really wanted to get something out fast, you'd ask Carrie to keep it in your confidence. (laughs) So at the screening, when that happened, Harrison turned to me and said, Hey, kid, you didn't fucking tell me that. (laughs) I apologize for the F-bomb. I only used it for historical accuracy. Oh my gosh. So Harrison Ford is exactly who we think he is. A hundred percent. And I mean, that's pretty much it. This one ends on a cliffhanger. We don't know what they try and save Han. Literally a cliffhanger. There's a lot of hanging at the end. There is a lot of hanging at the end. It's stressful, but we don't know what they're unable to save Han from Boba Fett. So we don't know where Han is. Luke's got a new hand though. A new robot hand. Yeah. That looks exactly like a regular hand, so we'll never know that it's a robot hand for the rest (laughs) of the time. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any predictions, thoughts for the next one? uh, Only what I said to you before is that, I mean, I guess this isn't even a prediction. It's obvious that they'll spend the next one trying to rescue Han. Yeah. Was assuming that it would be similar to the rest of them where, like, a big portion of it will be, but then some other big thing will happen at the end. Because that's how the other, this one and the previous one were, right? Yeah. It's like a big thing. That's so true. It's basically like like half chunks. Yeah. 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 If that's the case, they can't end the third one on a cliffhanger because we never go back to that. Correct. That's true. No, the third one wraps it up. If you enjoy this episode. Do I sound like Darth Vader? Yes. <laughs> it's got to be slower. It's like, it's like, um, you enjoy it's like, episode. no, his breathing. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's got to be, be like a, a fraction of a second between the first high pitch one before the lower one. <laughs> the force is with you, young Skywalker. May the force be with you. The force will be with you always. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with us. Remember, the force will be with you always.